right, everyone. How are you doing? I am Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast, and here with me I have... Hi, everyone. This is Lucas Boyle from Seattle, Washington, uh, tournament organizer of The Thing, captain of Fortune, captain of Team USA, and president of Dodgeball Seattle. Man of many hats. The next, Gia. Hi, I'm Gia. I am captain of Rack Attack from Calgary, Alberta, also one of the founders of Dodgeball Calgary as well. Oh, wow. Uh, that I did not know. That's actually pretty cool. All right. Next one. Hi, I'm Ray Lee. I'm a player on Whisper based in Seattle, LA and uh, Dallas. I'm a league organizer with Dodgeball Seattle. Oh, nice. Solid, solid uh, role there. Uh, next one. Hi, everyone. I'm Peter Fenwick. I'm the captain of Team Vendetta. I'm also one of the directors of the Surrey Dodgeball League up here in uh, British Columbia, Canada. I'm realizing we're get, I'm, I'm noticing a trend that we're having a bunch of leaders. <laughs> and last but not least. <laughs> I'm uh, casually confident. I'm the captain of Misfits, and I am a board member of Dodgeball Seattle, located in Seattle, Washington. Nice. So um, we're going to be talking about the thing, uh, foam, a North American foam invitational event that took place this past weekend, but also started last year. So we'll touch on that a little bit. And we'll actually, we'll start off with that rather. Uh, let me start with Lucas. Um, what, let, let's explain to the people at home, what is the thing and what inspired this event in your mind to take place? Yeah. Um... Well, uh, I, I first got the bug for seven inch foam when I was involved with like Team USA as a coach in 2018 and 2019. Um, coaching was fun, but I really wanted to be a player, wanted to make the team. So I started after that experience, I started training hard. Um, during COVID, uh, Fortune, my team in Seattle, we kind of transitioned from 8.5 rubber towards seven inch foam focus. And then when we came out of COVID, we prioritized seven inch foam like WDBF events. Um, we went down to the FDC in Dallas and we won it, which was awesome. And we wanted more. And we realized there was nothing else in the States. There was no seven inch foam WDBF format tournaments. So uh, the thing kind of sprouted out of that uh, recognition and I wanted to fill that void. And, and I also wanted to host like one of the most competitive tournaments out there. Um, so in like early 2022, I started reaching out to team captains and like shared my vision. People were into it and, uh, pieces started falling into place. Um, our goal, like the goal for the event was to create like the highest level of competition possible. Um, I wanted one of my like objectives was to make it so that the, every round robin match was like a challenge. Uh, there was no no easy matches. Um, I also wanted to have an equal number of men's and women's teams. And I also wanted to have an equal number of US and Canadian teams represented. Um, we ended up at what I feel like is the best venue like in the Seattle area. It's like this incredible volleyball academy. Um, so venue was like a big priority. Um, I also really wanted to showcase the event. So we hired like one of our favorite all time, like action photographers. Um, we wanted to make sure there was like live streaming coverage 
and we wanted to showcase like the championship matches. So we staggered those. We brought in bleachers around the the court and made it really spectator friendly. Um, so in April of 2022, uh, Isai, Missy, Bill, Vincent, and I hosted the first thing, and it was a huge success. We we like hit a lot of our goals. And I feel like we saw some of the highest level dodgeball to that point. Nice. Um, and before we continue, were there anything from last year you learned that helped you going into this year as an organizer? Yeah, we at the end of the event, we did a, a big feedback survey and we kind of heard what worked from players and what didn't work. And we made a, a couple changes. Um, one of the things that we changed is we wanted the event to be really club focused, really team focused. Uh, and we wanted to kind of like move away from all-star teams and indie teams. Um, we also wanted to like encourage teams to form and grow together. So we introduced like roster requirements this year. So teams had to have at least four players who had played on that roster together in the calendar year or in the past 12 months. Mm. Um, we also... We also developed like a qualifying criteria. So um, we we looked at both Canadian and American like dodgeball uh, tournaments and kind of identified the most competitive tournaments and kind of started there and started building um, a qualifying criteria for us to distribute invites. Um, and we're hoping that that criteria is going to be something that can support invites moving forward. So for example, Canadian national final placements were like our primary criteria for Canada. And then like provincial finalists were also kind of in consideration. Uh, in the States, we looked at uh, the foam division at the USA Dodgeball National Championships. And then we also looked at the FDC, which was kind of the other big uh, foam championship in the States. Um, we expanded the tournament from a one day to a two day. Um, we One of the considerations in that is that we really wanted to have the round robin to be a full round robin. So every team played every other team in the division this year, which was really awesome. Um, and then on Sunday in the playoffs, we did 40 minute matches and then we added placement matches this year. So in addition to like a championship bracket, we also had third place, fifth place, and seventh place brackets, um, which added to complexity from the organizing standpoint. But um, I'm really happy that we did it. I'm really glad. Um, just a couple other things. Uh, we partnered with Dodgeball on Twitch this year. So uh, Mitch Jansen and Ben Johnson came in for the event, which we were super lucky to have them. Uh, we also partnered with uh, USA Dodgeball. Um, they helped us work on a host hotel, which was something I've never done before um, to kind of make lodging convenient for our traveling players. Um, we also had uh, Team USA coaches and scouts in attendance, which was awesome. Um, and then uh, we did some other fun bells and whistles. Like we did like uh, tournament t-shirts that had like all the team names on the back. Um, we did spirit awards. So our volunteers actually awarded players uh, spirit awards that got them, you know, drinks at the after party um, <laughs> for for good spirit and integrity, and uh, and then we created a, a big perpetual trophy this year that has the champions engraved on it, and it's going to become kind of um, 
a tradition and, and it's going to grow for years to come. So those are some of the things that we added this year. So I, I guess a lot. <laughs> no, that, that that's actually great. You said you added a trophy um, and you say you're going to add names to it. That kind of just reminds me for whatever reason, like the Stanley Cup, just like how it just expands with every winner. And I just, I don't know why that just the sports nerd in me and I'm sure everyone else probably caught that or maybe didn't. Um, but yeah, but you did talk about invites and that's going to uh, segue into what I, uh, to my next uh, discussion. And we'll start with uh, Gia. Where were you when you got the invite? Um, or how did, how did it feel uh, to know when you got the invite for, uh, for, the, for the thing part two? And how excited were you for it? Yeah, always excited to get a message from Lou. Um, but I think I was at home when I got the invite. And uh, of course, as a team, we were very surprised because Rack Attack came in dead last at the thing last year. So we're like, oh my goodness, we got an invite. Um, so we are a fairly new team. So there can be a lot of imposter syndrome sometimes uh, getting to play against a lot of incredible players from all of Canada and the U.S., um, but still, it was such a huge honor to get the chance to come play again. Nice. And what about you, Casually? Uh, well, when I received the message from Lou, I was at home. Um, there had been a couple months leading up to the invitation in which a lot of team members of Misfits were definitely talking about it, kind of knowing that we were on the fringe of being invited and really wanted to receive that invitation for a second time around. Um, for our first time around, it was a little bit of uh, similar to what Gia said of kind of a little bit, at least for myself, the imposter syndrome of feeling like, like we may have gotten a token invite and are we, you know, really good enough, um, you know, to receive this where we're, uh, we just kind of given us a little bit of special treatment or whatnot. But um, our performance last year was uh, definitely gave us a good lens of uh, where we were at and feeling that we do belong and could fit in. Um, our performance this year was a little bit different, a little more similar to Gia and her team's uh, performance from last season. Uh, but that said, we're definitely very cognitive of the level of competition that we're playing and respect our opponents and the teams and knowing that everybody's really coming to bring it. So it's an honor to, um, to just be a part of the entire experience. Nice. And what about you, uh, Peter? Uh, I was at home too. I think there's a bit of a trend there. Um, although mine's a little different because I'm pretty sure Lucas messaged me at about midnight <laughs> when I was in bed and said, Hey, you're on deck. Uh, I think uh, you guys, uh, we might get an invite. I just need to confirm a couple of things, which is obviously totally fair, which is kind of nice. It shows maybe his own excitement that, you know, we might get a spot too. And that's awesome. Um, I, the funny thing for us is maybe set up a little, uh, we're a team of older guys, right? So I think the average age of Vendetta is something like 36 or, or 37. We have um, four dads. <laughs> so at this juncture, um, you know, having kids and logistically traveling for tournaments is a lot more of a challenge than, than it used to be, you know, like growing up, you go to baseball and soccer and football tournaments all the time. And uh, as you get older though, you go, you start traveling for your kids rather than yourself. So it can be tough. Um, and, you know, we've turned down some tournaments in the past just because of those logistical problems. But, you know, we'd all watched videos of the thing last year. We saw the level of competition. We were excited to watch the games. We The finals was like a Canada versus U.S. team, um, well, national team, like battle, which was really cool. And so we got super excited and um, wanted to play with these guys, right? So uh, when I brought it up to the guys, 
even you know some of the ones who were still awake past midnight <laughs> on that night i i at first said you know lucas uh, i don't i'm not sure because let me check with the guys just because of you know having to travel and all that stuff but when i actually brought it up to them it was like a resounding yes we would love to travel for this one this is this is the tournament that we would organize our schedules so that we could make you know whether it's a work issue or a family related issue and so all the guys were 100 down to come down i will say it's kind of uh funny and unfortunate though one of our guys is um isn't a permanent resident or a citizen and so he couldn't get a visa to come down so we ended up um he didn't he didn't get to come with us so that that's the only sad part but in the future you know um we'll uh we'll try to work on things to mitigate those kinds of issues but to be quite honest we were super super excited so very thankful we got to to to, uh, participate and last but not least where were you ray and how excited were you Um, I think I was at pickup, so I'll break the trend of being at home um, when our captain, Aaron, told me that we got the invite, got the nod. Um, I think like maybe maybe casually in Misfits, we were uh, to whisper had really wanted to be to get the invite for the thing. They, we played in it last year um, and it was a, a high priority tournament because of the level of competition that um, that was there in 2022 and again in 2023 um i was super excited i was a little nervous and definitely had imposter syndrome because not only were was i not sure if whisper was going to get invited i'm new to whisper so there was a core roster requirement and i wasn't even sure if i would be allowed to play or or what have you so very very excited a lot of um mixed emotions there but in the end it all worked out so so with the exception of one person, everyone was pretty much at home, probably watching TV, drinking coffee, whatever the case was, getting the invite, <laughs> a similar trend going across the board that, you know, Ray broke at the end of it. So let's, fla- <laughs> <laughs> let's fla- uh, fast forward to the day of. You guys landed, well, with the exception of three people on this panel, you guys land in Seattle, you guys are ready, you guys go to the gym. I've seen pictures of this, it's pretty massive. You guys are ready for day one, and we'll start with Lou. How did round robin go for you um, for uh, day one? Ooh, uh, I, w- I, w- I didn't know I was going to be asked the questions. Okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> how did it go for us? We, I think we start slow. We're not a morning team. We're like a night owls folks. So uh, it started slow for us, and it got better and better as the day went on. Um, Oh wow. Uh yeah, yeah. And we our turn we our team recently traveled up to Calgary for the Western Canadian Championships hosted by Dodgeball Calgary. Shout out Gia. Um <laughs> and it was a super competitive event and it really pushed us. And so the thing being like so uh recent or so short of a time afterwards really allowed us to build off of what we did there. So um it was it felt really gratifying to solve some of the problems that we had at westerns here at the thing and then it enabled us to kind of focus on some other things and some other details so round robin was a really good day for us we fought hard all day there was some wins that we left on the table but that being said we were tied for the i think uh second or third best record we ended up fourth based on tiebreakers but um but yeah, pretty strong showing. We felt good about it. Yeah, I saw that bracket. It was pretty much like 
hairlines away from each other. So suffice to say that the competitive aspect of this tournament is definitely accomplished just looking at how day one went. Because every, everyone was like a hairline away from each other. So pretty much anyone could take it at this point. Um, yeah, not an early start team. <laughs> what about you, uh, Casually? Uh, same thing, definitely, but probably on a worse level. Um, not, not a fast start. We were, uh, in molasses a bit. Um, definitely facing outsiders first was a, a tough feat, uh, but we knew that in advance, but, um, you know, no disservice to any of the other teams, but, um, uh, the other matches we played after outsiders, that one was kind of out of reach, but the other ones were much more competitive, but, um, we left a lot on the table. That's how we felt. Um, you know, just to play here or play there, uh, would, make it in turn to where we did not win that game which that would be the deciding factor to not winning a match and so that was a recurrent theme early um it we also uh just to come back from westerns um a couple weeks prior and there was a little bit of a theme there too but not as kind of um not as bad um but as the day progressed for the thing um, in the second half of the round robin schedule, we turned it up a little bit, um, still not to our full potential, but we definitely um, had better performance for the second half from the first. Um, so, you know, that's how it goes sometimes though, when you're facing really, it's, you can get very uh, cognitive or very like in your mental or feelings about not having the right outcomes or success that you're aspiring for. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it is really good teams and good players. And sometimes it is just one play that is the difference that can swing things in the other direction. So um, it's important to stay motivated, stay focused and, you know, just keep going at it and not letting that dictate your play or, you know, not going and giving it your all because then you're even more doing a disservice to what the team is trying to accomplish. What time did this tournament start? Is it 10 a.m. is the first uh, first bracket of uh, of games or matches. Okay, cool. So it wasn't like a 9 a.m. start or nothing. Okay. I was just curious. I was just trying to figure out like what time did you guys start from day one onward? <laughs> All right. What about you, Peter? Um, <clears throat> we are notoriously sl slow starters as well. Uh, it might be just all of that uh, additional lactic acid that comes with age, I would say. Um, you know, it's like pre-lactic. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so we had a couple of, of tough matches to start today. I think Fortune was one of them. I think you guys were actually our very first match, and we we lost by two. But it was it was close. And um, you know, we were also at Westerns, uh, but we went with uh, I think four four of our regular roster, and we had just picked up two new members, and then we took a, a couple of guys that used to play for us. It was very, it wasn't quite the squad um, that we brought to the thing. So, but we really wanted to attend that tournament, and it was a lot of fun. So. This was a really nice sort of um, event for us to come to because we were able to bring our entire roster and um, and really grind it out and play together. Uh, and so, and you know, we have nationals coming up in April. And so this is a real good feeler for us to kind of see what our strengths and weaknesses are uh, and, and sort of work on those for the next month or so uh, before that comes up. So we, we did drop one to Fortune. I'd really like to get that one back, Lucas. Uh, so, you know, hopefully we get another chance at that uh, in the near future. Um, we had a really great game against uh, Outsiders. I think they were our third match. And I think we lost by two. I think it was 5-3 final. Uh, and then um, we played really well against a couple of other teams. So I think we came out of the 
the first half of the first day at like three and three. And we thought, okay, you know, we could play with the boys. Right. And we were very excited about that. And then we lost like the next two. Right. So <laughs> we wasn't quite the finish for the day, but, you know, we played, I think, hard as foam and uh, we've been playing them since, since we started playing seven inch and they're always a tough matchup uh, and credit to those guys because they're a good team. And they ended up in the finals, which, you know, uh, and all credit they've played, played very well but we were really excited we were really excited to play teams like outsiders to play the the super saiyans um to play hexish because we have no exposure to those guys at all and so it was a real nice test like a barometer test for us to see um, not only are we on that level skill wise uh, but you know can we can we find other ways to to kind of grind out a win in different circumstances and and i truly feel with this sport you can't really get better in your silos. You you get to a certain point and then you really need to see what other competition is out there. What are these guys doing? Can we do things more efficiently? So for us, it's like research. So we're, we're going to debrief ourselves uh, on this tournament. Um, I think we're going to lay off practices for a couple of weeks and just kind of soak in what we learned and, and work on some things. And, um, but, yeah, that was awesome. Anyway, I'll stop there. I'm I'm just talking and talking. You guys might have to stop me at some point because honestly, I, I can just keep going, right? So, <laughs> hey, I'm all for it, man. I'm all right, not all right. Anybody, but um, you just, you're pretty much proving that not only a dad but a team of dads. <laughs> really yeah. well. So you're giving yeah. you're giving us dodgeballers hope that if we do have you know families in our future that we can compete. We just have to adjust accordingly to life and maybe our bodily changes or whatever the case is. And you, you kind of sound like a military person. I don't know, because you said you got to debrief ourselves. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> it definitely has some intel experience or something of that nature. It can be done. It can be it done. It can be done. No, it can yep. be done. I will tell you that. I mean, fun fact, um, before my mom passed away when I was young, she was a black belt judo competitor. And wow. she was competing against women half her age. So it, it can be done. I will yep. say that. Uh, what about you, Gia? How are you in, uh, going into day one? How, how did that go for you? Uh, well, Peter makes us feel very young. So thank you for that. I love the representation. <laughs> You're welcome. And too. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, definitely. I think um, we definitely came in feeling really nervous, um, which isn't a bad thing. I think anxiety can be such a good driver sometimes. We already knew that our first game was against Finesse on stream, the team that beat us, I think, like eight one last year so <laughs> we were very nervous coming in already and a lot of our friends back home said they were going to watch the game so we're just like oh my goodness um but at the end of the day there just really were no easy games at all like everyone had said um each win came down to a sudden death it was by like a one point differential so a lot a lot a lot of competition um we also had three guest players on our team um, which we were very honored to have um so we did have to learn to adapt and communicate different calls uh but overall we did have a lot of fun with our team and with every other team that was there as well nice and what about you ray um round robin was a lot of up and downs we we started off with a win and everyone was pretty pretty happy because i think like gia said we started off the day pretty nervous going into the tournament knowing that every team would be extremely competitive so it was nice to have a win under our belt and then we took um, I think we played finesse second, a team that many of our players are very familiar with. Um, so that was highly anticipated and um, it came down to the last, I think the last match before no block. Um, 
And so we, we played well, but we ended up taking, taking L on that one. Um, and then the rest we, we hit, a, I think we hit like a refing break or something like that. And then the midday was kind of a blur for us. Um, we kind of lost our, our mojo a little bit. And at the end of the day, we were able to like wrap things back up. Um, but it was, you know, like everyone has said, it was really high, a high level of competition, which was um, very, very motivating for us as a team to give, you know, give ourselves notes to work on. And it's the first time, um, you know, I think all of us have gotten to be able to play together in this format with this ball type. Um, so that was really nice to to be able to kind of feel each other out also unfortunately against very very good teams um but it was it was very valuable for us um and i know like peter mentioned we'll probably be uh watching tape together as well <laughs> for sure um i'm definitely looking forward to seeing the, the that footage back because uh, that I, I only got to saw i only got to see day one Unfortunately, there was a blackout um, due to the storms that we're having here in Los Angeles for day two, so I couldn't really see it. So unfortunately, the only way I could find out was, you know, towards the end, you know, when pictures were taken and such like that. So this is actually a good experience for me. So if anyone can link day two to me, I will definitely stream and watch all that for sure. Um, so let's fast forward to day two. You guys already figured out your final, you know, not your final placings, but your placings going into playoffs, single elimination, right? Lucas, single elimination, everything on the line. And we're going to you know, start with you, Ray. How did you feel going into, uh, what was your mindset going into day two? And overall, how did that end for you? Um, day two for us, I think, was, you know, we we found out, I think, maybe nine or 10 o'clock at night when, who we were playing. And our first match of the day was Finesse, um, which I think we were very excited about a little um anxious because finesse in the u.s is probably the the best uh women's foam team a lot of those players are starting on team usa and things like that so there's a lot of excitement because we get to face off against them but at the same time i think probably uh we would we were hoping for you know maybe some other team um to play first because it is single elimination um but you know i've got to give my teammates credit everybody brought their a game and everybody you know really brought brought everything and laid it out on the table um early bright and early at 10 a.m in the morning <laughs> um and so you know it it was the we knew the day would either be really short or extremely extremely long and it, we were fortunate to be with the new format that um with consolation match matches that we were able to actually play three whole matches so it felt like a full day of dodgeball um you know we ended up losing in that first match but being able to play the i think a consolation match against lfg took a w there um and then i think we played bloom for a fifth place match if i remember correctly and it came down to like a 1v1 in no block um and it was you know it was one of those like moments in dodgeball where everyone is like you'll remember it because all the teams are lined up on the side and you know most teams are done basically so it was like it was um really really exciting and and our uh, lizzie hoder really you know brought it on she's one of the great greatest closers there are and unfortunately um Wincy took you know caught her on that one and and, and we lost that but it was still a great dodgeball moment and everyone you know hugged and high-fived afterwards so um day two was I think a better day for us as a team than day one um we were 
maybe just because the matches were longer, they, it felt like we were able to get more of a groove going and more, more momentum going. Um, but yeah, overall we're, we'll be, we'll be talking about this one amongst ourselves for a while. <laughs> Uh, it sounded like a banger. So it seems to it sounds to me like having longer matches gave you in particular, and maybe everyone else will, will chime in when when their time has come, time to adjust, time to learn, uh, and not really feel like you're falling behind the eight ball, so to speak. You just you know the talent in this tournament is obviously insane. Like you can't look at this this team, or not just this panel, but you can't look at the rosters of, of the teams here and say, well, that's an easy team. It clearly wasn't. I mean, the, oh, yeah. the, I mean, it, it kind of shows around here. Everyone had to deal with an early morning start. Everyone had to adjust. And you guys, you know, dog fought your way all the way up to, let me look at my notes, oh. um, fought your way hard all the way up to sixth. Um, yeah, so we beat our seed by one place, I think. But And, and I joked with Lucas. I said I'd never worked so hard for sixth place. And <laughs> <laughs> good for you for making all of us work for our places. <laughs> Um, but it, it was definitely like day one, I think there were a lot of nerves because we knew the level of the competition. And then day two, I felt like we were able to really play, um, our game and kind of just kind of get out of our own mental spaces a little bit, which was really nice. Imposter syndrome out the window. You belong there. <laughs> you belong there. We'll just say that you belong there. There's no imposter in this thing. If Lucas reaches out to you at 5 p.m. or 12 a.m. or whatever time he's reaching out to you, you're not an imposter. Let's get that out the way before we continue going further. What about you, uh, Casually? What was your mindset going into uh, the playoffs and how did the bracket go for you? Mindset was don't lose. We lost. Uh, it happens. Um, so we had a pretty tough day one, as I already said. Um, we were in the 8-9 uh, matchup, just trying to make it into the bracket. And we were facing Task Force, which we had a really good round-robin match against them. And fortunately, there was like a triple or something that occurred in the round-robin, and we ended up taking the short end of the stick in that match. That was pivotal for the game that lost that in-round-robin. But um, So we were seeing them again and felt like we could get it. Um, so we were getting after it. And um, we established a 4-1 lead, and we were feeling pretty good going into the second half. And um, then that uh, sixth game, there was a long game in which I was the last player in, was able to successfully drain maybe three, four minutes of clock as the last player in until they finally got me. Uh, took a little break because I was tanked. Um, a sub came on for my spot, and then we lost that next game pretty quickly so then it's 5-3 and we're kind of like oh crap you know we gotta get going here um and then in that uh then another game uh when it's 4-3 then that game ended up taking pretty long um in which we had a 2v1 advantage and uh the other team called a timeout which uh quick side notes timeouts are huge um as a captain love to have that at my uh you know, discretion of using that. It's a, it's a useful thing. It's a great benefit to the sport. Um, you know, it is tough to work into tournaments, you know, with time constraints and stuff like that, but if there is an ability to do so and a shout out to the thing organizers for kind of, uh, implementing that for day two, because that wasn't a day one thing, but I feel like that was a great addition, even though it didn't necessarily work to my own team's benefit, but, um, I, I, I really like that. Um, so there was a huge timeout in that two V one, advantage that we had and um the their player had burden 
took one shot at me, missed. I took a shot at him, and he made a great catch. This is Eric Jones on Task Force, which uh, made them have a 2v1 advantage, which they ended up closing that game out, making it a 4v4. Then it was a no-block game to end it, uh, and they took that one too. So we are out of the bracket just like that. Um, it was um, it was a short day because that was our only match based on not make, not winning that one. So from there on, uh, me and my Misfits crew kind of uh, just went to do some volunteering on refereeing, and that was the rest of our day. But it was good to be there for the experience and to uh, – you know, kind of get things from another perspective of not being on the court and just, um, I mean, you know, we can get it to it more later, but I, I saw just so many children at the, at the venue and um, like babies. And, um, you know, it's, it's not normal to see that, you know, because it's like a wild, you know, very loud tournament and stuff, but um, the way the venue was set up and there being an upstairs, um, you know, I, there was a mother with a, um, very, you know, infant child where it's actually quiet up there and they can get some peace, but still like have this like scene of the uh, games going on. Like, you know, they're in like the suites at, at a stadium or something. So it's just like really, um, really nice to take in. I've absolutely wish for our team to do better. And, you know, kind of, I know we left a lot out there and had a lot more left in us, but, um, you know, kind of lick our wounds and get a different perspective from, not being on the court actively playing so um you know it uh yeah it was great it was great even with that being the case say so, i mean safe to assume that as competitive as this tournament is i don't i'd say was but is obviously going forward that unless you win the whole thing pun intended um <laughs> you're you feel you're gonna feel like you left something on the table i mean this is i mean to illustrate this for the people at home this is eight of the best men's and women's teams from North America. They're, they're going to feel some type of way. You know what I mean? This is, this is as, as tough as it gets barring nationals for these teams. So you know, they're going to feel some type of way, you know, leaving something on the table if they don't win it. This is what it's designed to create the type of environment where, you know, everything's on the line bragging rights primarily. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all of these teams have, won tournaments and been highly competitive in tournaments and I, I do want to give a shout out to some of the teams that couldn't even make it you know I'm very cognitive of Bush not being there and Anarchy not being there and you know on the women's side uh Pride not being there and uh Broad Street Bullies and Outsiders went you know there's so many other good teams that you know either couldn't make it for whatever reason but they're extremely competitive too and um you know also have the capability of you know winning it or seeding high or whatnot and so um yeah, it's, it's a hyper competitive tournament. And so it's, um, you know, you always have to keep context of like, yes, you know, we might be taking our lumps, but, you know, on another day, you know, maybe not. And, uh, you know, it is a great honor just to be there. For sure. Um, what about you, uh, Gia? Yeah, I totally agree with what everyone else was saying as well. Yeah, dodgeball is such a mind game. So we were already pitching ourselves after the first day uh, because we were able to uh, go undefeated on the first day. Um, so our mindset going into day two was to, of course, stay humble and to not let our guards down because there's a lot of things that can happen. And and like we said, there was no easy games at all. Um, so so yeah, it was very exciting um, to go into day two. The championship match was insane. Um, we already did better than we did last year. So it was already a win in my books. I'm really proud of our girls. Our girls back home was just spamming our chats throughout the whole 
day one throughout day two. So we felt very supported. Um, and then of course, at the end, we, we got to play finesse in finals uh, and we've always looked up to finesse. So it was such a huge honor to get to play them there. It was a very incredible experience for all of us. Yeah. I mean, so far right now, you're the, the, oh, the winner. <laughs> uh, you're, you're coming from the winner's perspective on that end. And uh, you pretty much fought your way to the top against the best team on our side of the border. So on that end, I would say congratulations. But of course, I, I got to root for my stateside friends as well. So <laughs> <laughs> a, little, no. a little national pride, but I got to say, man, you, you I don't want to say started from the bottom and you here, but you went from, <laughs> from the beginning to the very end. And that's a very solid perspective. Um, did you notice that. What was that? We actually quoted that for ourselves as well because we came in dead last last year and then we we got to this place so we were like whoa it's literally drake song <laughs> <laughs> i started from the bottom and we're here i could already yeah. tell you guys had bottle service at the at the end of the night for sure <laughs> <laughs> bottle <laughs> rack attack bottle service baby that's how we doing it here <laughs> okay what about you peter uh exact same experience as gia you know we started from the bottom and then we won the whole thing uh obviously that's not true um Ours is a complete opposite experience. You know, the good thing for us was we we came into day two without any expectations. I think uh, we were we were, you know, I think we won the round robin matches that we should have won, and we we did well in the round robin matches that we could have won. Right, and so um, we were we're. Um, we, we wanted to make sure that each of the guys knew that, uh, you know, we had full support of their playing abilities, that the, the, the way they kept themselves above board mentally and ability to kind of come back when you're down. And so we, we were, we played that sort of support role for each other. So we rolled into day two um, without any expectation of uh, and no pressure, right? At this point, you know, just go and play some dodgeball. And, and uh, if you play your best dodgeball, you might come up with a win. We got matched up uh, right off the bat with hard as foam. Mm. And um, you know, they're a great team. I'd say the match was, you know, and I'm sure everyone says this, but the match was a lot closer than the score. I think the end score was something like seven to two or seven to one for them. Um, but every single game was very scrappy. I think they were, you know, the ones that they won on us were, they would get down to one or two guys left and have to have to make some really great plays uh, in order to get past. And to be quite honest, that's the kind of dodgeball you want to see, even from our perspective on the losing end. You know, if you're making guys have to make great plays, then automatically it means you're doing something well too, right? And our takeaway is how do we how do we close out those games? We want to learn um, for ourselves because I think we were in. An, probably four or five times we squandered like a three on two, four on two, five on one. We lost, I think we lost a five on one, you know? And so you look back at those and you say, Hey, okay, well, uh, what do we have to do differently next time to make that score a little closer or to make that end in our favor. Right. So that was hardest foam. Our first round. Um, we try not to let it get us down too much. Then we faced future, I think in the next round and futures, you know, I mean, hardest one finished what second at Canada Nationals last year, and Future finished fourth, right? And Vendetta finished something like sixteenth, you know. We, we, you know, and uh, um, so 
to be even, you know, competing with these guys for us is great, right? That that's that's our our first goal. And number two is, you know, if you can take some meaningful wins off of them, then then you know maybe you're trending in the right direction. So, I'm I I think we beat Future in the round robin. I think it was five three or four to two. Um, but in the in the playoff bracket, you know, I could see Coach Mark in the back, like you know. Uh, just the the general and he was telling them what to do and you know and they're all responding really well and i was like oh man their mindset today is a little different than yesterday these guys <laughs> look like they came to play today so i think they jumped out to a three or four oh lead right off the bat um but we battled back and I, we actually made it really close um but they ended up i think taking it at the end i think nine nine five or nine to four um again a lot of really scrappy games a lot of really close games uh and you know we just enjoy playing those guys because even though they're also from canada they're they're in calgary um and uh so we get to play them the odd time i think we played them at nationals and then we played them at westerns and that's pretty much all the times we've ever seen them so it's just as big for us to be able to be at a venue where we're playing these other canadian teams too so that was really great um and you know shout out to future too they're they're a lot younger <laughs> i want to say the average age has to be like 27 or 26 or you know what i mean so they we may have 10 years on them so maybe you could just add like four wins for us just by default right and so maybe we tied them um at the end of the day but they're they're young guys they're up and comers uh they have a, a very bright future you know and that's my dad joke coming out so uh, forgive the puns right um and you know we're going to be seeing a lot of them in the future right i think everyone will be uh they have a lot to say going forward so it was really good to just compete with them and you know i i would say the next time we see them at nationals maybe there's going to be a different outcome right because you know all of us are going to a little bit back to the drawing board figure things out what can we do a little bit better the next time? And then I think we played our final match was against Task Force. Uh, Task Force is a good team, um, but I, I we we I think it was close at the beginning, and then we found our groove. We found we we knew what we needed to do to win, and I think we took that pretty handily at the end. I think it was like seven to seven to two or something like that. Um, but there's so many good teams, and getting hot and getting uh, on a roll at the right time, it plays such a huge part of of your success or failure, depending on how it goes. And we've been in many positions where we go to a tournament expecting to finish very high, and you don't, right? And then you go to others, and you're you're hoping to at least perform, and you don't. And then sometimes you go and you play really well. Oftentimes it's just some somewhere in the middle, right? So. We were very, very happy with how we did at the tournament. Um, I, I think it was a big success for us just to be there and play and compete. Lucas, I really liked the the placements. So I liked playing for seventh, even though, you know, um, I think with brackets, with traditional brackets, they just end. So you kind of sit where you lost, right? And uh, and it just has a, uh, it just seems like there's no closure, <laughs> <laughs> for anyone but first, second, and third, even third sometimes has no closure. You don't often always play for third unless you're in like the big, big tournaments or nationals or something like that. So I thought it was really nice. I think that was a nice touch. I think it gave everyone a reason to play right to the end. And if you're looking at things to maybe kibosh for the next year that maybe didn't work out, I really hope that's not on the chopping block. But um, but I thought uh, I thought everything was was done very well and we were big fans of that. So I'll stop there. <laughs> nice little uh, shout out to Lou for adding that this year. Yeah, I loved it. But I wanted to ask you, and it's something casually uh, um, mentioned in his um, 
rundown. He said he, he saw a bunch of kids and babies in the gym and a team <laughs> full of dads. I'm left to assume that those some of them were yours. They were. We had um, of the four dads, we had two two of the dads had their kids down. And then one of the dads, his brother lives in Seattle. So he brought his kids out too. And so we probably, I think we can account for about six of the hooligans that were running around. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it's funny seeing kids at those tournaments because on the open courts, the kids just kind of take off. They start playing with the balls. And I don't know, it's just like a, you know, it's not the same for everyone, of course, but I feel like there's a little bit of an infusion of life and youth into the room, right? And it just kind of does something to the atmosphere and um, it really gives it that sort of cozy, almost like family. And dodgeball, really, what we're just a big family at the end of it all. Dodgeballers are all a bit crazy, I think, right? We're all kind of got a couple of screws loose, so we got to stick together. So, you know, bringing the kids out kind of, I think it really plays to that uh, that mentality. <laughs> Uh, just so, uh, I just saw this in the chat. Someone, <laughs> oh, it was Ray. Someone said, uh, she, or Ray said she heard a little uh, girl cheer, "Go, Daddy!" So yep. that made her day, and that that, that actually <laughs> yeah. really. <laughs> That's one of um one of our our members. His name is Nick Malika. He his his daughter. Uh, she was at provincials with us when we, we came second, and <laughs> in the finals game you know, the whole gym would go silent when a play is, you know, almost on the cusp of ending. And all you hear is this, go daddy, you know, and it's his daughter. I think it's uh, Alice who, who yells that out. And he's just like, all of a sudden he's, he's a super saiyan himself. And he kind of goes into overdrive and starts just killing people. And so gotta love that. <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's really cool. Um, well, I, I play in the South region in uh, in the USA. I play in the South region, and sometimes we do see kids in, in the gym a lot. So I I am familiar with you know them picking up stray balls, running around, throwing them in the corner, and stuff like that. And they do add life to the tournament. And they kind of I'm going to say it, it kind of reinforces perspective on things. Um, sometimes I'm, I'm sure everyone here you know I've been playing for almost 13 years. Some of us maybe longer, maybe a little less. It, we can kind of get lost in the moment and we can kind of get angry at a certain call and get angry at a certain play or, you know, certain things. When you see kids around, it kind of just shapes things in perspective. Like the end of the day, like we're playing a kid's game, but at a very high competitive level. But with that being said, <laughs> Lucas, would you be interested if this thing blows up even more adding a kid's division? <laughs> God, that would be amazing. Calling all kids. Everybody, let's do it. Bring it bring it on down. Let's go. So um let's wrap this up uh, or not wrap this up, but overall with you, Lucas, as an organizer, what was your mindset going into it as well as a player? I I am ready to share, but I feel like Gia like has more to share with us because Gia you were in maybe the best match of the entire weekend and like I feel like we had a maybe a hundred to 200 people gathered around that court like watching every moment of it and like I just wanted to hear what it was like to like participate in that match like that championship match go for it I know it was insane like even before going into that match we were just pinching ourselves and we were feeling super nervous. Of course, there's still that imposter syndrome that comes up and, and you know, we're, we're very lucky uh, to have one another to, to be able to ground ourselves and, and say, you know, we already made it this far and whatever happens, happens. Let's just play our game, have fun at the end of the day and let's just support one another. So it, it was 
super close matches. And, you know, we played them last year and we got destroyed, like absolutely destroyed by them last year. And so to come back here and, and be like, okay, uh, how do we not let that experience shape, you know, how we play again this year against this incredible top team? And of course, yeah, we have a lot of respect and a lot of, admiration for this team we already recognize that yeah a lot of these you know players are team usa players so how do we just learn to ground ourselves and say you know what we we deserve to be here too and and let's just do the best that we can and so yeah it was insane and and it, it came down to that sudden death match and and yeah the girls just really really performed it was incredible like it was I, I think it even came down to like a like a three v one or two v one match, so it was super close. Wow, this sounds like a dogfight that I need to I need to to watch because Lucas just segued right into it. Like he, I could tell right now he's still playing the the match in his head right now as we're talking. <laughs> he's smiling from ear to ear, just illustrating that for the people at home. Um, but let, let's segue back to to Lucas. Uh, how did you feel going into uh, the final day for you? Yeah, we, so yeah, we we played pretty well on day one, and we we ended up with four wins, two ties, and two losses, which was the a three way tie for the second best record. We we also played the top seeds really well. Like we were we were up against outsiders. We I felt like we outplayed them. We we had a couple one v ones that just went the wrong way. We ended up losing by two games, but it was that final game that we, you know we could have tied it. Um, we tied Hardest Foam, who was the second seed. Um, we tied Sands, who was the three three seed, and we had beat Hexish, who was the fifth seed. So we ended up fourth, and we played really well against the top four seeds or the top five seeds. So we we were feeling good. Uh, we knew that you know it's easy to slip up. Um, and play below your potential. So we wanted to kind of stay locked in. Um, our final match of the round robin was against Hexish, and it was a very contentious match. There was a lot of uh, back and forth on the court, and uh, we ended up taking it, but we were matching up against them first thing the next day. So it was almost like part two, like, let's let's keep this going. So, um so yeah, so Hexish, you know, has a ton of talent. They're the reigning national champions at um, USA, right? Uh, they won the foam division in the USA Nationals. Um, you know, they've got legends of the sport, including Ket Andrew Ketchum, Justin Payan, uh, Team USA members, Cameron Parkey, Dylan Cruz, as well as cloth team member, uh, Joey Kramer. And then they also have Kendall Smith and Connor Heelan. So really, really talented group. Um, yeah, I mean, whenever you're going up against Ketchum and Payan, you know, it's a, it's, it's a physical and psychological battle. Like those guys are always ready to just cut loose and, and, and blow you up. So um, we were trying to like stick to our game plan, stay structured. We actually got out to a 3-0 lead against them in the first half, which was awesome. We were hitting. Um, and then things started to slip away. I think at halftime, uh, they it was tied 3-3 at the no block, and then they took the no block. So we went into the second half down one. Um, 
we kind of hang, we hung close. It was like tied at an, one point in the second half. And then we just kind of, we lost our grip. Um, there was a little bit of chippiness. We actually got a yellow card at one point. So we had to play down 5v6 for five minutes. And at that point, the match just kind of like slipped away from us. Um, I think we lost kind of every game after that point. Um, so it was a tough loss, um, especially given the fact that we were up early and we knew we could, what we could do, what we were capable of. Um, that being said, I think there is a lot to take away from that match that we can learn from. And, and if given the opportunity, I think we can get better results the next time. Um, so after that, we were down in the placement matches. So we we first we played task force and we won a close one against them. And then we finished off the day in the fifth place match against Future. And that was a great match because Future actually was one of our two losses in round robin. And they had beaten us pretty soundly. It was, a, I think it was a 6-2 or a 6-1 loss. So um, we were a little intimidated going into that match. It was the, it was the worst loss we had all tournament. And um, we really locked in. Uh, we started down against them and we like clawed our way back in and we ended up winning it late in the second half in some really tight games. And uh, yeah, it, it it also made me a fan of the placement matches, right? It was nice to kind of have an opportunity to bounce back from that initial kind of loss in the single Elim bracket. And, and even though, you know, we weren't on the podium, we got to finish the day with a with a big win. Nice. I mean, and just for the people at home, I mean, this is a tournament right here where you could be down two and then come back, or you could be ahead and the lead isn't safe. I mean, the caliber of, of talent in the, in this tournament, nothing's safe until it's over. To, and to that point, Sergio, I think the 40-minute matches is not something that most of us play regularly. And it's, it is a different animal, right? You know, um, you can't like you can't get too high you can't get too low you gotta just stay focused and execute game after game and there are big momentum swings but um if you can stay focused you can survive those and ride it out and and turn the game back around and um i really enjoy the 40 minute matches i think it it really allows teams to kind of dig deep and give it give it their all right yeah, definitely a nice addition to my previous statement there. Um, now that everything is all said and done, and this is for everyone else um, to answer to, uh, Lucas has a question at the end of it. So we'll start with, um, what advice would you give to teams who would want to get better and compete at the highest levels in the future? I mean, I love this this topic. And, and one of the things that we are trying to encourage with this tournament is team formation and and people sticking with teams and riding it out and and I think dodgeball is inherently frustrating the other team is doing everything they can to disrupt what you're trying to do and it's 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 really a test of your ability to communicate with your teammates problem solve and and execute and I think like my advice is that you have to lose in order to win right and and you have to learn how to lose and and work together and and figure out why you're losing and and 
and begin to kind of problem solve and, and start putting those pieces together towards winning. Um, I think it, it, I think it's really gratifying when you can start turning the corner with a team um, that you've been working with. Um, but, but that being said, like it, it takes a lot um, just to give a little bit of context. Um, I took a team down to a, like one of the first elite dodgeball tournaments in 2012 from Seattle. I took the best pickup players from Seattle down to this tournament and we were looking to do well. And we ended up dead last. We were dead last with the most talented players from our community. And I remember thinking like, I need to practice locally. Like I need to build up the local scene before I come back to the national level because I've got a lot of learning to do. And so it wasn't until 2017 that we came back, right? It was five years later of learning how to play team dodgeball. And I came back with rainbows and we, we made an immediate splash um, on the scene, but it, it took a long time and it can take a long time. And uh, I would just, my advice to teams out there that are growing is just be patient, um, communicate to each other and um, you're, you're going to see, see growth. I can say that personally. I remember uh, it was in Palm Springs. <laughs> it was in Palm Springs you guys went to. And um, I literally just heard nothing but Dude, this team from the Northwest somehow just shocked us. <laughs> like you, you definitely left a still a, a resounding impact from the people who went there. And so it can happen, people. It, it's going to take time. But this tournament, as well as just the sport itself, you, you're going to get through. You're going to have to go through some tough times to, to see some progress at the end of it. I mean, look at the 80s. I mean, if, if you were to if, if people were to say, you know, look at Michael Jordan, you know, he was getting beat up beat up by the Detroit Pistons, like getting hammered. But then he spent years in the weight room and he came back and he just started racking up wins, racking up wins. Before there was Eric Jordan, he had to fall to the ground every time he went to the paint. Before there was Space Jam, he had to get an elbow to the ribs <laughs> if he got dunked on, you know, or if he was dunking on somebody. Like you're going to go through some hard times, but the best of it will, you know, the best will be coming after the fact. Uh, are you ready, Ray? Yeah, I think so. Um cool. I mean, I really love what you guys both just said. I, I Lucas just wrote in the chat here, find a team you can lose with, but more, I think maybe to add to that is um, find a team you can lose with and grow with um, because there's no fun losing all the time. But if you can grow from that and bond and, and build some chemistry off the court um, together, you I think that kind of translates in these longer matches and WDB f format um <laughs> matches um but they you know we, we still kind of have that that in, imposter syndrome so it, it's kind of hard to it, it's strange to be sitting on the other side of the fence saying well here here's what you need to do to get invited because mm -hmm. you know it, it 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 does feel um awkward a little bit to be doing that but i i mean just the basic of like hey making yourself known especially women's teams um you know, the it, women's teams, I, I think there's, there's a lot of talent out there and um, teams I think are generally newer maybe than some of the more established ones on the men's side. So just making yourself known, reaching out um, and, you know, at tournaments where you might see one of the organizers or what have you, um, and just expressing your interest in playing, um, I think goes a long way. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> it's nice. What about you, Gia? 
Oh, those were all so good. <laughs> uh, no, those were really great advices to give to a lot of different players. Um, I think going back to that imposter syndrome, I think something um, that, that um, you know, we are recognizing as a team and I think as players is that our worth are not dependent on like that score or that number of wins that you have. Um, it doesn't, you know, the score at the end of the day doesn't always show how close some of the games are. And regardless, even if it is, if it isn't close, that doesn't mean you're not, you're not worthy of, of being an athlete or worthy of being a player. And so I know it is, you know, that, that worth is different for everyone, but similar to what Lou and what Ray had said, um, it's, it's about, yeah, learning to lose and then learning to fail with grace and then being able to bounce back from that internal critic. Um, and then also, I, I, I like to add to that, um, I don't think dodgeball is worth losing friendships at the end of the day as well, too. And the, the possibility of building those connections with incredible people out there. I, I love what Peter said that, you know, a lot of us are probably like those, uh, I think you mentioned like loose, um, I don't know, that we are a little bit like oddballs here and that, you know, we got to stick together and, and, you know, and then build that community together. So at the end of the day, I think community is so important to the growth of the sport. So, you know, um, yeah, that, that's what I have. <laughs> For sure. If, if anyone wanted to listen to a champion's advice, it's definitely coming for you on that end. Um, what about you, uh, P Peter? Yeah, I agree. I agree with the sentiment so far. Um, I couldn't agree more with what Gia just said. You know, if we're a bit big oddball family, we're going to have our our odd members. And uh, at the end of the day, we still get along. We still see each other at the bar. We have drinks together. You know, we toast each other whether it's success or failure, right? There's just kind of growing and getting better. For for new teams who want to get better, uh, it, it's hard. I mean, we're in a little bit of a maybe, I think each market's a little bit unique, right? To sort of go that perspective, maybe. Um, you know, here up in the Northwest of uh, on the Canada side of the border, we didn't. We don't really play this style. It's not. This isn't what what we know. Um, we're eight eight and a quarter inch foam players. We've been playing that for probably fifteen years, right? Um, I think myself. I've been playing that for ten or eleven, almost twelve years now. Uh, and then we picked up uh, seven inch. Uh, it probably was. I, I don't know if you can count the couple of months before the pandemic. We started twenty twenty January. At least the guys that I play with. Uh, and then we didn't play at all for two two and a almost two years and then we picked up again last year um 2022 and that's all the seven inch we've ever played right and so we're the thing is though now we can't get enough <laughs> we're just gobbling it up we're just trying to eat all the seven inch we could possibly get and but the what what i mean by markets is the seven inch or the amount of dodgeball you'd like to be involved in may not exist. There may not be enough structures, uh, leagues that you could join, drop-ins. Um, and so for us here, primarily, there's there are a whole bunch of leagues, but we all run eight inch. We all play the eight inch style. So we, we've been um, dabbling in trying to get some seven inch stuff off the ground because for newer teams, um, you basically have to pick from the players that are still wanting to play seven inch. So there aren't a whole ton of them out there. We have maybe a few thousand eight inch players, but not everyone wants to play seven inch. Right. Mm. And so, um, and then those new players need somewhere to play. 
because otherwise they're playing us or, you know, hard as foam or the other couple of established teams on the men's side. And then the, the other really good girls teams, and they're just getting absolutely destroyed. Right. So we're trying to find ways to mitigate that so that there is an environment for new players to kind of come in and play. And the, the interesting thing about seven inch, which is completely in opposition to our old style of eight inch is that you can't just show up and play a whole bunch of games and then go home. Like, seven inches a bit slower right so you kind of come to the gym and you know if you're playing the you know 10 minute halves you know um people are going to be sitting for a while right and we're not used to that you come to our gym you play a whole bunch of dodgeball right away constantly you know games take like a minute and a half you know you play three or four of those and then you switch and the next team comes on plays you know so it's just different and so we're we're trying our best to kind of build that because we'd like we'd like to grow the sport on the west coast um and we'd like to get better so we try to support the new teams too and and give them like a place to to operate in where we don't you know they're not just getting defeated all the time right and so part of that is you know you you organize draft leagues and you kind of come at it from different angles and and try and really get things going um and you know that's that's kind of the angle we're trying to take but it takes time so i guess the messaging for specifically to our market is a you know just just keep if you're hungry to play dodgeball keep playing it right form a team of the guys that that uh that are around you that that are also hungry to play and keep attending the the different leagues that are available. Keep going to tournaments, local ones, if you can. And then if you can travel a little bit, try and get out to some other tournaments too, because a lot of them are just open invitation and, you know, you just get to show up and play. And whether you do well or not, that's not really, uh, when you're in the beginning stages, it doesn't matter, right? You're there to play the game, to learn. And that's the other part of what I wanted to say is commit yourself to learning. If it matters to you, and this is something that you really want to do, then you have to, you have to like trust the process. You know, not everyone is a, I don't know what is an Elijah Hashimoto, right? If I could just throw that out there, not everyone's just going to like a Titan of sport and, you know, just throws a hundred mile an hour bombs. It's not all of us. Right. So um, you may need to commit yourself to, to learning and improving and watching YouTube videos on how to throw better and, you know, where to be on the court and how to dodge and block. And that's okay. Uh, and, you know, I can say probably eventually there may be a team that you wanted to play for that'll, that you'll catch their eye and they may bring you on. Or maybe because you're doing that, you elevate your team to a level where all of a sudden you guys can compete as a group, right? And so there's there's many different storylines. I think they all lead to the same place and that's success and happiness and dodgeball. Isn't that what we're all, what we're all looking for, right? So <laughs> it's not always happy. You know, and it's not always successful, but, you know, if you're really pushing for it, you have really, really good moments. Right. And um, I'd say I would say that, you know, we had a lot of really good moments at this tournament. I think a lot of teams did. I think all the teams did really. Um, It was just such a great atmosphere. And, you know, we really hope we get to come back again because it's not something we'd want to miss. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm sure we'll we'll see a team of dads in the future. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I was going to say my last point would be you know, recruit some dads. <laughs> Maybe that'll help. At least in 10, 15 years, you might have a team of young, young cannons that suddenly show up, right? That the ripe age of 15 or something. But, um, you know, dads, you know, maybe recruit old, you know, everyone always wants to go young, but maybe you just need a bunch of old guys, right? So <laughs> who knows what the magic recipe would be for you. But uh, yeah. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you, Peter? 40. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 
you're giving me i'm i'm about to turn 36 this year you're giving me hope brother hey um, you know uh we we thought when we had kids like my wife plays too so we're very fortunate oh, nice. um so there's already that built-in understanding that i'm gonna go play dodgeball tonight and then the next day it's her turn right and or <laughs> you know we get grandma and grandpa and it's both of our turns <laughs> so um but i think uh we managed to make it work because we love the sport so much. doesn't matter what style we're playing. It, it, it was a part of our lives, you know, before we had kids and we wanted it to keep going. And I don't know how many years I'll keep playing, but um, we're, we feel very competitive still. So we'd love it to just keep on going. And if it's something that is a good example for others who are maybe considering and waiting, because I know, you know, we have lots of friends out there who maybe are on the fence about starting the next chapter of their lives but maintaining the one they're really enjoying right now. Totally got it. That's a very valid situation to find yourself in. But maybe we're an example that it can be done, right? It can, it can be done. And, you know, you can still go and play nationals and all the great tournaments that are out there if you manage things uh, very carefully, <laughs> very carefully. But anyway, we love the sport so much that um, here we are, right? So for sure. Uh, last but not least, casually. Well, I like what Peter said about trusting the process. That's definitely a huge aspect of uh, team building and, um, you know, making it sustain for going into tournaments on a regular basis. Um, the first thing you need is really to establish the right people um, to have a good core group. Um, thinking kind of about the development of Misfits, we uh, in 2019, it was three of us and then we kind of got a fourth one. Um, this is for the, at the time, elite dodgeball season. And um, we were able to bring a group throughout the entirety of the season, but throughout it, there were kind of interchangeable pieces from round one to round two to round three to nationals. Um, and then um, we, uh, but we had dedicated people, um, dedicated people who were willing to take those lumps as we talked about the losing process early and kind of, uh, you know, getting, getting in the know about, you know, how to do the right things to be more successful as time continued. Um, but then, you know, 2020 hit and we were ready to start the season again and then everything got canceled. Um, so then fast forward to 2022, it was, um, it was difficult because um, I definitely was in the mindset of wanting to have put the team together again, but, you know, so many people, you know, two years have passed, COVID, quarantine, you know, all these different things happen in our real lives, which um, even outside of the extremity of uh, a pandemic, like dodgeball is a extracurricular activity for, you know, most all of us. It's not our lives as much as we're passionate about. It, it's not our real lives. So it takes a lot of dedication, commitment. It takes a lot of resources. It takes a lot of time and, you know, so many things to really be serious about it. So, um, you know, finding the right group of people who are really like both like passionate and committed and have, you know, the adequate amount of skill level, you don't need to necessarily be the best. Like we talked about with, you know, there's not many Hashimoto's out there, but if you are able to compete, but you're serious enough to, you know, kind of take those bruises and keep on coming back, and, um, you know, at the same time, uh, sustaining, having a good time, you know, with the people around you, because if you're losing, you know, that definitely can have an ill effect on your, um, you know, ability to want to come back. And so if you're with the right people where you're still having that enjoyment, but you know that you're dedicated to come back and are serious about it, then that makes things so much easier. Um, so 
for uh, Misfits in the 2022 season when we did come back, it was um, very much revamped. There were a lot of players that kind of went their own ways. And um, but I uh, was able to reach out to the right people, which we made a core group. And uh, throughout the 2022 season, it was very much um, we were maybe kind of known about as a team that was a thing before, but not known as like a competitor or anything like that. Um, I think in the 2019 season, we won our first bracket match at nationals. That was like, we just lost all the time. Um, but uh, 2022, it was very much, you know, kind of starting at the bottom, but then uh, there was definitely an ascension and development as the season went on uh, to where we won and did extremely well at round three. And, um, you know, at nationals, like we seeded very highly and that was when, um, you know, some of the teams that aren't in our West region, they were like, hey, who is this misfits that are like seated third? Like, who are these guys? Like, we don't, you know, some of the West region teams knew us, but some of the teams nationally had no idea who we were still. And we're like, you know, who are these guys that are kind of bursting out of nowhere and like competing with some of the head honchos? Like, we got to know more. Like, mm-hmm. um, so that definitely kind of helped um, boost our confidence from having that success and, um, you know, being more renowned um, to where after having that core group, um, it makes it easier for other players who are kind of interested to want on or want to, you know, kind of be a part of that because um, it's not like we're no names at this point. Um, and it makes it easier to identify, um, you know, kind of the pool of players that are available. Um, but simultaneously, um, at least as a captain, I do try to convey like how much it really does take to be a part of this because, um, at least for our team specifically, we do want to show up throughout the season, not just for isolated tournaments here and there and here and there, um, to really like be teams that are on that, you know, bracket on a consistent basis, um, because I feel like that is being able to practice and do scrimmages and things like that, play with one another, um, which outside of the tournaments, it's good to be able to do that, you know, to have those times where you're getting better on your own, not at these high level competitions. But um, so when you get to these comp- high level competitions, it's more just like regular, it's more fluid. You've already played with one another. It's not just, uh, you know, we're playing with each other four times in a year or whatnot. Um but um, I don't want to ramble. I feel like I'm stumbling over my words a little bit, but um, it's, it's certainly a process. And uh, it, it really does start with finding the right people and um, seeing a lot of other teams and kind of taking little bits of what they're doing. I remember um, initially, I think it was probably the, one of the Canadian teams where I was like, man, these, these people have like a 10 person roster. Like, this is crazy. Like I've never seen a team so deep, um, but as time has gone on, I've recognized the value of having a bench because you don't have these play, you know, like, like I say, it takes a lot of commitment and sometimes there are very valid reasons, you know, injury or, you know, whatever finances or, you know, marriage, you know, we got adult life going on. Um, so there's a lot of reasons for why players can't make it, but instead of having to consistently dip into that free agency pool, which is something that Misfits was having to do in 2019, it just makes things so much harder and really makes the synergy and chemistry of a team very difficult. And that's where the development occurs from being able to play consistently with others. So at this point, um, with being able to have a larger roster, which it kind of takes time, you have to have uh, 
people who are really committed and a little bit of kind of team acclaim or, you know, nobody's just going to hop on to a team necessarily that's not known. So once you kind of get yourself out there and consistently are known, then more people will find interest in you. And then you can identify more that you kind of want to invite in. But um, it does need to be the right family. I keep on saying that because there is a family aspect to it of you're not just, even if a player is talented, you're not going to necessarily want to spend time with them if their sportsmanship is bad or just creates a toxic environment. So um, you really do need to have the right people. Um, and so when people can't make it, then you still have a full roster and it's not somebody who's not actually a part of the team. It's somebody who's just another family member who's hopping on. And, um, you know, hopefully that's a good foundation for, um, you know, just keep on coming back and getting lumps. And hopefully you guys are learning things and are able to escalate and have higher levels of success as time goes on. You keep on facing these other teams that are, um, you know, very much serious themselves. But the ones that aren't, those are the ones that are the ones that are, you know, maybe won't show up consistently because it's it's tough to take those lumps. And it's uh, very easy to like want to go to these tournaments that you hear about. There's like, oh, what's USA Dodgeball? What is the thing? And what are these, you know, oh, I want to try that out, you know, thinking of like pickup players or, you know, maybe you're kind of moderate dodgeball player. And then they go and have that experience and like, kind of like Lucas in 2012, like, whoa, like, I'm not ready for this, you know, um, there is a somewhat of a formula to it. But, um, but that said, um, I do appreciate just the general uh, aspect of the sport in which every individual kind of has their own story, their own, whatever led them to where they are now, you know, there was a trail that led them to, you know, being on the courts. And, um, you know, it can vary. Um, so I don't want to like dismiss certain players maybe hopping onto an as an individual hopping onto the team uh, a different team that's already established themselves because that's another way in um but it it definitely getting your foot in the door and getting in is the first part and i find that if you're just a complete new team coming together just finding those core members that you can really just go out there play bond off the court and you know kind of repeat that cycle over and over again because that's the formula to success from what i see for sure and uh, let's put some respect on your name misfits is a household name everyone here at this point is a household name none of you guys are imposters by any stretch of the imagination let's destroy that narrative right here and now before we go to the final segment um this is for lucas why should the thing be considered an event to look forward to as a player or a fan from an organizer's perspective? Oh, uh, uh, I mean, I think it's just, it's the highest level of competition. Um, I, I'm i biased, but I, I'm gonna just say it. Um, from a pan, from a fan perspective, it's like the Champions League of soccer. You know, you're getting to see these top club teams from each of their regions facing off against each other. It's kind of like those what ifs that you, talk about at the water cooler um you know what if you know hexish played against new era what if rampage what if mavericks faced off against outsiders what if hashimoto went against murgler you know these are these are kind of like the dream matchups so um it's you get to watch the best teams of the sport go head to head and and prove prove it right from a player perspective 
um, I think it's an awesome opportunity to test yourself against the best of the best, right? You know, there's so many of us scattered across the land. It kind of brings everyone together into the same place. Um, from a team perspective, every match is, is hard fought, right? It's going to push you as a team uh, and it's going to force you to grow as a unit. Um, additionally, like this year, we had Team USA scouts present, right? So if you're interested in and being on a national team, this is a great way to get exposure. And I hope in the future we can have uh, Team Canada scouts present too. So I, I would love that. Um, I'll also add that like this tournament experience is worth your time and money, right? Both days are jam-packed full of dodgeball. There's no fluff. There's no sitting around. Um, we are players first, and we are designing an experience and an event that we want to be a part of. So that that really comes uh, at the core of, of what we're trying to do. So we'll make it worth your while. Um, feedback, we're always we're always looking for feedback. We want to make this a tournament that appeals to our player base and that attracts the top teams. And we are always uh, looking for ways to get better. Um, and that could be format related. It could be time of year, uh, what whatever. Um, and, and this year's the same. We're going to send out a feedback form later this week. Um, to, I guess if I, if I were to give a message to teams interested in participating in the future, it would be keep training, keep competing. Um, we're going to be looking at the Canadian National Championships, uh, USA National Championships, and the FDC final placements is kind of our primary qualification for invites for the thing next year. So those are kind of the three places I would really push people to participate in and really uh, do your best. Um, if if people want to know more, I would I'd, uh, encourage them to like follow our Instagram. We started an, an Instagram account this year with team announcements, and we're gonna we're gonna post content, maybe some highlights from this year's event. We're gonna post standings results. We're gonna have some fun on that, and our Instagram is uh, the thing underscore dodgeball. Um, I'd say if people have questions, they can email me at lucas at dodgeballseattle.com. And I think I would be remiss to uh, not thank my fellow organizers one last time. Uh, those guys made it happen. So I wanted to thank Isai Valdez, Missy Takahashi, Bill Fisher, and Vincent Pham for collabing with me on this tournament. It was a ton of work, a ton of planning, uh, but I'm really proud of how it came out and I'm proud of what we did together. And I hope that everyone involved had a blast. Safe to assume the panel here and those not, not on here can say that they definitely had a blast and they appreciate your hard work. They appreciate that the event you put together and the adjustments you made from the previous year and the adjustments you'll make in the next iteration and the iterations after that. So I do wanna say for me, Thank you for helping me organize this. And I'm sure the players would definitely love to thank you for what you've done as far as not just only providing an awesome weekend, but giving them tools to improve and, you know, just doing more damage in the future in their local leagues or local tournaments, or even on the national circuit. You may have to face Peter or Gia or <laughs> in the Canadian national team if they're, if they're there as well. So you definitely created an environment where iron sharpens iron. 
right, and with that, I will wrap up. All right, and that was my recap of the thing that took place in Seattle this past weekend. I want to thank Lucas, Gia, Ray, Peter, and Casually for hopping on and sharing with us their perspective and overall story that took place this past weekend. Um, I really try to do my best with this episode, and I think it's going to show as far as highlighting what this event means, not just in North America, uh, in the foam scene, but just in dodgeball as a whole. So if you caught the stream, <laughs> you, you saw the proof in the pudding. And if you didn't, be sure to stay tuned for the replays. Uh, definitely had fun with this panel. I'm going to be doing one-on-one interviews shortly. Uh, I need to get back to that. I want to share stories individually as well. Um, so stay tuned for that and have a nice day.